Hey guys, welcome to my podcast. So, I couldn't figure out what to do for my first episode, so I just kind of decided, ah, fuck it, I'll just do what everybody else is kind of doing and talk about Avatar The Last Airbender that just recently came out on Netflix. Holy shit, I forgot how much I loved this show. Oh my god, it was just a nostalgia trip. Ugh, if you hear metal clanking in the background, it's because I had to fix a sign. But, ugh. Getting to see Avatar The Last Airbender from beginning to end just brings back so many good memories from whenever I was a kid of staying at my, my grandparents' house. And, uh, it's just something I really needed after the shit year that 2019 was and one hell of a year that 2020 has been. Whew. To be honest with you, Fucking 2020 for me has thus far been a fucking mental break from all the bullshit because I didn't have to worry about going to work or anything like that. It was phenomenal. But off of that, back to Avatar. Watching episode one all the way to the final episode of season three just made me feel ah, warm and fuzzy inside, I guess. Don't really know a better way to put it, <laughs> but getting to see, I live by a lot of I, Uncle Iroh's quotes, who's one of my, if not my favorite character in the show, and to take wisdom from a lot of different sources has been kind of a staple in the way I think, and I've fallen short a few times on the whole you know, listen before you judge or anything like that. And I feel like in those instances, Uncle Iroh has just looked down on me and said, you can do better. And I feel that in my soul whenever I tell myself that Uncle Iroh thinks I could do better. This is just going to be a bunch of rambling, so I hope you're buckled up and ready to put this on in the background and enjoy my ramblings. So, anyway, back to it. Then, you know... Watching Aang progress from book one to book two to book three and all the way fighting and and then fighting the Fire Lord, I realized something. I, uh, all the past avatars, as far as we know, had years to master the four elements. Fire, water, air, earth, in specific orders. Aang had, like, a whole summer to do it. He, he, in the matter of, like, a year, in a matter of about a year, Aang manages to master all four elements well enough that he, that he can take on the Fire Lord, who is, at the time, supercharged on a fucking comet. Ten times his power, he literally, at that point, a full-fledged avatar would be on par with uh, with Ozai. One that has had the years to master all four elements, had the training and experience of a full-fledged avatar, and Aang just kind of went in there with a year's worth of training and said, fuck it, I'm going to give this a shot. And you know what? He did it, and he did it his fucking way, and I, I, I respect that. 
you know, because all the other avatars, especially Kyoshi, they all basically just said, you got to do what you got to do. You got to kill the guy. And Aang said, nah, nah, that's not what I was taught. I'm going to live the way I was taught. So I'm going to, I'm going to follow that. And he stayed true to himself. And that's, that's huge to be pressured by not only the people around you, but literally your past selves to do this. And he said, no, I'm doing it my way. That's some fucking, that's some fucking shit right there. That's some fucking, gosh, just giving the middle finger to your past selves and saying, fuck you. I'm going to do this my way, motherfucker. And that, that is, that is respectable to me. I'm doing, I really just felt like talking about Avatar The Last Airbender forever. And this is the best way I think I could do it. And just how much I appreciate watching watching all the characters grow from book one to book three. It makes me realize that, you know, we as people never really stop growing. We can we we don't we're never the same person throughout our entire lives. We're always learning evolving and adapting to new situations, new environments that we find ourselves in. And one thing I always got perplexed by whenever, especially after I watched Avatar The Last Airbender the first time, was whenever people would say, dude, what happened to you? You changed. I was like, I always thought, well, yeah, they changed. People never stay the same. Hell, your body's not the same, never the same every seven years. It literally changes cell by cell over a seven-year period. And it's just like, the, main, the only constant you can count on in the world is that shit always changes. It always perplexed me to see people go, what the hell happened to you? You changed. People change. People grow up. People evolve, just like... All the characters did throughout book one, two, and three, and all the existing comics, and even into the Legend of Korra, which I haven't seen. And we are not talking about the god awful live action movie. No, that is Satan's work. Every chef in the fucking vicinity had their hands in that fucking pot and just ruined it. But anyway. People change, and they grow. And watching this over again reminds me that that's a good thing. You can change, you can grow, you can become a different person. You can have different opinions on things now than you did a year ago. You can have different opinions on things now than you did fucking an hour ago if you want. Because... Things happen. Things arise. But the main thing that should never change is your core values. Aang's value in human life above all things stayed from book one to book three. There are certain things about yourself that should never change. You know, like your view, maybe your views on Human life is different compared to mine, but, you know, I feel like sometimes, yeah, people deserve to, to die. 
Those people are generally evil people, such as child molesters and rapists, but that's my opinion. And it's it's just one of those core values of me in me that will that will never change. You know, I, of course, I have a very darker view on certain things than other people, but I digress. Avatar really teaches you to kind of roll with it, you know, roll and just flow with it, learn from it, and know when to stand your ground on something because it's great to flow like water, but sometimes you got to be the rock in the stream that says, no, I'm not flowing with this. I don't like it. That's great. Do it. Be the rock in the stream sometimes, whenever you feel like something's wrong. It's what Aang did at the end of Avatar Lifestyle Render. And sometimes it's what you need to do in life, too. It's the hardest thing to do, too, because I've... I've had to... I've, we've all had those moments in life where we've had to look at somebody and say, No, not doing it. Sorry about my dogs. They're in a whole different room and I can't tell them to not bark. So if you hear that, I apologize. Uh, yeah. Man, I really, really needed to get this off my chest. Holy shit. Uh, I feel better. I have to find some other stuff to talk about. I could talk about Code Geass in the next one. I've been watching that, but I got to finish that first. Anyway, <laughs> back to Avatar. Uh, Every avatar before Aang was different. Kyoshi was a criminal. Uh, Roku was a was best friends with Sozin. Spoiler alert! If you haven't watched it, sorry. Not sorry. Those aren't really like big plot points, I guess. But it's like they are. Every one is different. Kyoshi basically looked at Aang whenever he asked for her advice and said, Kill that bitch. Kill that motherfucker, restore balance, and do what the Avatar is supposed to do. And he still said no. Keep in mind, Kyoshi was a fucking massive woman. She is to be respected. Whether you know who she is or not, she is to be respected. And, yeah. I, I recently found out about her story. And holy shit, new respect for who Kyoshi was as a person. Because, goddamn, just go find out on your own. I will not elaborate here. I want the source material to speak for itself. But she is a woman to be respected. And that is ridiculous. And, <laughs> you know, all the... All the uh, benders get their... Get their you know, oh man, they're so powerful. They're so, you know, strong benders. But I feel like the non-benders are well represented in this show as well. They can stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with regular benders, even really powerful ones, like really skilled ones, if they're clever enough. Take Sokka, for example. Whenever he manages to not only, in one episode, calculate the trajectory... trajectory 
Wow, messed that one up. <laughs> he calculated the trajectory of his boomerang to hit a motherfucker he couldn't even see. That was ridiculous. He was behind a freaking pillar, chucked it, what comes back around, smacks combustion man right in the head, throwing off his whole combustion bending to the point where it just explodes in his face. Which I think that that happens to a few characters from so against Sokka. He surprises him with the excuse me. He surprises him with the boomerang. That's really cool. But and then not to mention you got uh, Ty Lee, May. Uh, I've drawn Suki, Suki, Suki held her own against uh, against Benders. Hell, she dominated Benders. To be fair, so did Ty Lee and May. I mean, all the female representation in Avatar: The Last Airbender is top notch. I mean, whew. Every dude had a crush on Tylee. Do not tell me you did not. Any dude that finds women attractive and they are oriented to her. Even, I would say, everybody has some mad respect for who Ty for Tylee as a person. Because she found who she was in a group of, like, what, nine? I forget the exact number. She had, like, nine siblings that all looked exactly like her. Who all had similar names to her. And she found her own way. You know, through the Kyoshi Warriors. That was great. And then May. May's just the angsty teen we all thought we were. Who's just turned out to be an absolute badass. Thanks to her angst. You know. She literally just took a knife. Started chucking it on a fucking wall. And became a badass with throwing knives. To the point where she just had him on her at all times and held her own against against world-renowned benders. And then Azula was a child prodigy. It was the only one in the show that could that was able to bend blue fire because she has such a mastery over fire bending. I, that's the way I've come to understand it. There might be a different reason. I don't know. <sighs> Even her father didn't bend, didn't have blue fire. Whenever she was sitting on the on the Fire Lord's throne, and it was she was surrounded by blue flames. It was just ridiculously, ridiculously like, what the fuck? Holy shit! She is actually that. She's officially the Fire Lord, or she is officially going to be the Fire Lord, and she's just has blue flames surrounding her. That's horrifying. But and then. Uh, you got go back to Sokka. Sokka is literally Aang's counterpart in the, or Aang's non-bending counterpart in the group, because he learns water, <laughs> the ways of fighting as a water tribe member. He learns ways of fighting like an Earth tribe or as a Earth Kingdom native through Suki. He learns uh, ways of fighting at like a kind of like the new modern age Airbender. With, uh, you know, with the airships and stuff at the, uh, was it the Eastern Air Temple, I think? Or Western? I can't remember which air temple specifically, but he learns way, ways of fighting like an airbender. The new modern style, I would say. 
and then he goes and he gets a sword from his master in the Fire Nation, and he learns how to fight, like, in a Fire Nation, in the Fire Nation. So he learns all four, but not bending, but hand-to-hand combat, and that is, I love it. Because now he's got a respect for all four nations, and it was just... Sako's also one of my favorite characters, just because he was funny as shit. <laughs> Wherever Toph tried to exclude him, you know, you know, bending and all that. Face he made, just hilarious. Oh my god. Ugh, but... <laughs> then they ended up getting... then You know, that had to teach Toph a little bit of respect for non-benders, because they got their asses handed to them by non-benders. Because Tylee could fucking, uh... What, block chakras with her fingers. She's just jab, jab, boom, can't bend anymore. Like, ah, oh, great, now I'm useless. Ugh, take away their bending and they become useless. I wonder if you took away Toph's bending, like if you had to knock out her legs, if that would keep her seismic sense from working. But she's actually blind, that's horrifying. Ugh, tangent on that one. But, I digress. I, hopefully my podcast becomes a little bit more structured later on. But uh, as of right now, that is episode one. I appreciate everybody for listening. Thank you, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.